Welcome to the 167th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. Luke and Leanna Tessum recently paid off a revolving livestock loan they received through the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings Program. Paying off the loan is one of several micro-goals the couple has reached over the past few years. The way they see it, all of these smaller achievements are building toward one big overall goal, making a living from a pasture-based livestock farm. The Tessums, who are in their mid-30s, are well on their way. They took the Farm Beginnings class during the winter of 2006-2007 as a way to figure out how to bring profitable livestock production back to around 200 acres of family land in southeastern Minnesota. The farm has been in the Tessum family for several decades, but in the mid-1990s, Luke's father Steve got out of the cattle business, and no livestock was present on the land for the next dozen years or so. After graduating from high school, Luke and Leanna went to college and now work in careers that are not associated with agriculture. But through farm beginnings, they learned there was a way to raise livestock on pasture for local eaters seeking healthy, grass-fed meat. The Tessum farm is on rolling land that drains into the Root River and is well suited for pasture and forage production. It's also located within easy driving distance of markets in communities like Rochester, Minnesota. In 2009, Luke and Leanna received their livestock loan, which provided them with a herd of 10 brood cows to start a beef herd. They live five miles from the farm, which no longer has a house on it, but over the years they've found time to slowly rebuild its livestock production capacity. They've utilized a government conservation program to establish a rotational grazing system and have built their herd up to 19 cows. They have also used livestock disturbance and seedings to improve the pastures. The Tessums have even dipped their toes into direct marketing by selling pork they raise in a deep-bedded open system to local consumers. Now they're focusing on their next goal, transitioning into taking ownership of the farm and building a house on the land, eventually making agriculture a full-time endeavor. All of this takes a lot of communication, planning, and, of course, goal setting. Things they learned about from the established farmers who taught the Farm Beginnings course. They also benefited from a team of mentors who visited the farm as part of the livestock loan agreement. I recently visited Luke and Leanna on the farm, where their beef herd was wrapping up calving for the season. While sitting in an old but solid barn, we talked about the importance of micro-goals and how having access to family land when starting a farm enterprise can be an advantage but can also come with its own challenges. You have developed long-term goals, but also kind of, I think the way you worded it was micro goals, kind of mini goals. I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. I think that's a really interesting idea of kind of balancing the, the bigger picture goals with the smaller goals. Well, I feel like, you know, we really had a passion and an interest for farming, but we really felt like we had to break it down and we had to put it down on paper. And by developing some of those micro goals, we were able to identify the areas where we could reach out and get support and ask questions from family and from staff um, through the Farm Beginnings program. But I think for us, it really breaking them down and creating those micro goals really allowed us to determine um, what was a priority now and what we could achieve now. And some of those things that maybe felt a little bit more complicated and overwhelming, we were able to kind of move down the road and really put those as more long term goals. So, you know, looking at what we've been able to accomplish in five years, we've really now, by achieving more of those little micro, smaller goals, have built kind of a foundation and really set ourselves up 
to achieve some of those longer term goals like purchasing land and transitioning um, the farm into our our name. I was just going to say the uh, in terms of micro goals and and having those kind of shape a larger goal in the end or or possibly even in our in in my instance maybe my goal changed a little bit a long term goal but the micro goal or the the smaller steps eventually got us to where we wanted to be even though I didn't know that's where we wanted to be in the right. beginning yeah. but by achieving these smaller goals put us where we wanted to be in the up till this point you have an example or two of some of those smaller goals Anytime you have some of those bigger goals, I think what we did was say, okay, long term, what is our goal? Our goal is to own the farm and transition the land. We set that long long term goal and then really worked backwards and said, okay, if that's what we want to do, what are the 10 steps that we need to do to achieve that? And then even kind of broke down those 10 steps into things like installing watering systems, really developing and researching paddocks and pastures and figuring out what we needed to do to achieve that. And, you know, some of the other goals weren't even infrastructure, but they were even making sure that our family and other people in our lives were on board and informed and supportive of what we were doing. You kind of have what on the face of it would seem like an ideal situation. You have this family land, it's 200 acres here in this beautiful spot. You're close to some good markets, really nice piece of land here. It's had It's been well taken care of. You would seem to have a huge advantage over people who don't have access to family lands and all that, you know, that that people would be very envious of that. But you you, you said that that can have its own challenges when you're making these either smaller, uh, setting these smaller goals, making these smaller decisions, or the bigger, big overall, trying to reach those big overall goals. It, it has its own challenges a little bit. I think sometimes when you're a part of a generational farm, there can be some pressures there that come from you know, either my father or in some people's instances, their grandfather, of the way things have been done over the years. You know, still respecting that and understanding where those thoughts came from, but then also implementing some of your own ideas and and some of the things that I've learned along the way. You know, it it definitely takes open communication from everybody involved and and even some some proving. You know, I think in in my case... uh, proving that that we could do this and this is going to be something that we have the the opportunity to take over and care for ourselves and and maintain and hopefully make even better than what we've been given the opportunity to have. There are some pressures having that kind of over the top of you a little bit. You get you you have to prove yourself whereas I think in sometimes I'm a little envious of the people that get to start out with their own thing and they don't they don't have this built up it's not baggage but this built up information that gosh if I do this and this isn't the way that my dad did it god the whole thing's gonna fall in on me you know so there are those those things to think about and and like I say and and to respect the generation before you and the things that they've done no the other thing that I would say about just family farming and that collaborative process is I feel like yes it can be perceived as a challenge. And yes, it can be a little bit slower and a little bit more complicated. But I feel like the outcome of what we achieve as a family by having those conversations and asking for multiple perspectives. And, you know, sometimes we have some family members that might not be out on the farm every day, but sometimes they bring forward some really interesting perspectives about how we can be doing things. So, I mean, yes, it can be perceived as a challenge, but at the same time, I think the outcome and where we end up as a farm family in the end working together is much 
more powerful and better than, you know, if it was just Luke and I. You had touched on that before, that when you guys did the livestock loan, that that was really helpful to have that team of people come out and kind of run things by a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, when you're starting any sort of a business or doing anything kind of new, there's always risk in failing. And I feel like one of the things that I appreciate the most about this experience and about Farm Beginnings was that opportunity to take those new ideas and bring them forward to a group of individuals who are doing this and maybe just finished implementing the same project or the same kind of idea and really have some powerful, interesting perspective on things um, that we need to take into consideration to be successful. And I think that was really kind of a safety net, you know, not that it guarded us completely against failure, but it certainly helped drive us and kind of direct us in a successful position. One thing that I find interesting, Luke, is you took the class with your dad. You know, he may not be directly here. It sounds like he's out here a fair bit, but he's not, you know, this is your thing kind of a little bit but I think that's really interesting you took the class with your dad I think it was important for him to see what it what it was that I was going into or what the way I was looking at farming this collaborative effort like Leanna was talking about it kind of happened accidentally that he came in the class I'd signed up myself and he came to the first day and I think he enjoyed what he heard that first Saturday and just kind of kept coming back with me and it really helped when we Took the step off the ledge, bought, you know, got the livestock loan, started with the cattle, and he had that that other perspective of maybe an alternative way of farming, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But at least he he saw other farmers doing something similar than what what I was talking about in terms of the intensive and the and, uh, the grass based system. And I think it kind of put that connection together for him that this is the way that. In a sense, he did things in a way. Never put a label on it like organic or grass-fed or, or forage-based, but in the wholeness of his farming philosophy was a lot like that. So it kind of brought into that perspective for him to, to realize, you know, this is kind of what I do. You know, maybe I can offer some things also and get an idea of, of what Leanne and I are trying to do here instead of just, you know, saying, oh, this is this is what I'm going to do. But him not him just hearing that in words, but um, actually you know, seeing it in, in other farms. We took a couple of farm visits too, and that for him really said, yeah, this is, I, I think this is something we should do. Local farmers, some farmers that had transitioned from conventional farming to uh, more of a forage-based system, that's good to see. You know, somebody that's kind of doing something that coming from the same arena that we kind of came, came through. For more information on the Land Stewardship Project's Farm Beginnings program, see www.farmbeginnings.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org, or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members, who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. <music>